Hi guys, and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline, your weekly paranormal podcast. My name's Kaylee, and I'm joined by my co-host Michael. Hello. Alright, so this week I wanted to talk about the missing 411. This was originally brought up by a guy called David... I don't know how to pronounce his name. Polides or Pelides? David Pelides? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'll put it in the description. (laughs) Uh, He's a former police officer who is now an investigator and a writer. Uh, He has been responsible for bringing to attention how almost a thousand people have gone missing in the national parks in America without any trace. Just the strangest disappearances. Um, Something really weird is happening in the national parks in America. So every year, hundreds of people are going missing under mysterious circumstances. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's it's pretty common now to hear about it, but it's only common because of this David Politis. He's the first person to ever talk about it. And even now, the national parks in America won't release exactly how many people are missing in their parks. It's documents that they actually won't release. You'll find that a lot of the witnesses say, I was watching them. I turned around for a second and they were gone. Or I would have seen them walk away or they just disappeared. So it's like people are being, it's almost like they're being plucked out of the sky. They're just there one second and then they're gone. Um, I'm going to go through a few of the cases, but um, this like might not seem strange at first. It doesn't seem paranormal at first because the national parks are absolutely massive. And it would make sense that accidents happen and that these people will fall or they'll get attacked by some kind of animal, right? Yeah, but I've seen, like, national parks in America, I always think of, like, woodlands and stuff. They include, like, parts of the desert and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's just a call to national park. It's not a forest or anything. Or, like, even mountains and cliffs. They're very dangerous. But the stories of people going missing always seem more insidious than just a random disappearance. So what I wanted to share with you today is some of the most strange and unexplained stories of the missing 411. So I'm after listening or reading about so many of these now <laughs> and quite a lot of them are very similar they're just uh, it's usually a kid it's usually children and it's a case of okay we were camping we, I saw the kid I turned around for two minutes to do something put something down get something I came back and the kid was missing and there's no trace of them they just got picked up and they're gone now in a few of these cases articles of clothing from the children have been found like really 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 far away from where the camp was and it would be areas that would have been searched beforehand. So people would have searched these areas, gone back a while afterwards and found pieces of clothing after they had already searched the area. So it's just very strange. And that's how a lot of these cases go. But I'm going to try and get into a few of the ones here that are a little bit different and just kind of give you a taster of how these cases are. For anybody listening as well, I would really suggest going and looking at some of the videos or reading the books because there's, there's documentaries as well. They are really, really interesting. But I'll go over Although, some of the cases here that I actually looked into. Uh, I will say one thing about the documentaries, because you mentioned this to me before, and I seen a documentary that was like about Bigfoot and how yeah. he might be involved. And I was watching this documentary for about an hour and a half before I finally gave up and was like, there's nothing to do with Bigfoot here. It's just missing <laughs> children. Before I realized I was watching the wrong documentary. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were watching the wrong one. I remember this. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, this is depressing. This is really sad. Where's Bigfoot? And it turned out, yeah, wrong thing. <laughs> Although I will say it's like insanely easy for kids to go missing. 
It is, but these are always extremely strange. There's always something really weird about them. There was one kid actually who, um, I, I haven't written this down, but it's a story that I was reading about. There was these kids and they were gone camping with their parents and the parents separated the tents into, you know, their tent and the kids' tent. And all the kids, I think there was four or five of them were sitting in this tent with their two-year-old sister. I think it was sister or brother. The two-year-old kid anyway. And the kid was sitting in the opening of the tent like the, where the door would be and it was open so they're all sitting there playing or whatever and talking and the kids looked up and saw a hairy arm reach into the tent and pick up their sibling and walk off and the kid was what? missing for a few hours until they found the kid really close to where the camp was in a clearing and the kid said that a bear was feeding them berries oh that's that's adorable <laughs> it's a bit strange though um, it's also terrifying yeah, apparently, though, the rangers are saying that A, bears just don't do that. They don't just come along and pick kids up and then go feed them. And B, bears can't curl their arm. You know the way, like, you'd scoop something up? Like, yeah, say, like, if you had to grab, they don't like, have elbows. Yeah, they don't really... They don't have, like, the dexterity of a shoulder and stuff to kind of grab something like that. So... Do you think it might have been just, like, a hairy biker and they misunderstood what it meant by bear? <laughs> He's just like, hey, do you want some berries? Who are you? Uh, I'm a bear. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> um, I know plenty of people that would love to have a bear feed them berries. Anyway, so we'll get into the first case. Um, a lot of these are actually really, really quite sad, to be honest. It's not like what we normally cover where it's like just mysterious ghosts and alien abductions and stuff like this. So the first case that I'm going to get into is a guy called Christopher Carlton Tomskin. And Christopher was working as part of a survey crew in a wooded area on January 25th, 2002. And he was accompanied by three co-workers, all of whom were approximately 50 feet apart. So they were each spaced about 50 feet from each other and Christopher was the last in the line. So I don't know why they do this. I'm not sure why the formation was like that, but it might have something to do with how they survey the land. But they were spaced yeah, it's out. The same. It's the same when like they go looking for missing people. You actually yeah. have to have a certain amount of distance. And then when you go back and do it again, you swap places so nobody looks at the same spot of land twice. Oh, right. I didn't it's know a, that. It's just a way of getting really different opinions on the same spot, basically. Oh, that's cool. Um, I assume it, yeah, I assume it has something to do with that because they are surveyors after all. But Christopher's workmate um, would look behind him every couple of minutes just to make sure that he was still there. He was still behind him. And he turned and he saw Christopher walking and then he kept walking until about five minutes later. And when he turned back again to look at Christopher, he was gone. So it was only like, he, he'd just seen him like a couple of minutes ago. So he heard no noise, no screaming, like nothing. And he called for the other co colleague um, and they walked down to where Christopher should have been, where he would have been if he'd like, kept walking. All that was on the path was the contents of his pockets, some loose change and some tools that were in like pockets on his pants. There was no other indication as to what had happened. There was no drag marks, no like anything else. So volunteers showed up. They were they reported him missing and volunteers showed up to search the area shortly after he had disappeared. Uh, one of his boots was located nearby and a piece of blue fiber, which apparently was from his pants, was stuck to a nearby barbed wire fence. I think I've heard of this before. I just like this story because it's just, there was, there was actually something left behind. Most of them are just literally like they were pulled off into space. That's literally how most of them are. People just straight up disappear. Whereas this guy, actually, yeah. there was something left. His the contents of his pockets were still on the ground. 
it's a very common example of a disappearance. They were there and then they were gone. And the strangest thing that people have noted, yeah, about this case is that he it looks like he was turned upside down. Like you said, it looks the contents of his pockets were on the ground. You'd think of like a textbook, you know, like bully in like a cartoon. Yeah. They literally grab him by the ankles, turn him upside down, shake him, and then the change falls out of their pocket. But like that can happen if somebody just tilts you slightly upside down, you know? If somebody grabbed you and like had you in their arms, your po- the contents of your pockets would fall out if it's in any way you're not stood upright. Yeah, if there's something that's hunting people, it would probably pick you up to some extent. I don't know, like, it, there's, I, I don't know what happened here, but that's just an example of what would happen if something was to grab him. But at the same time, if something grabs you, you're going to make a noise you'd about scream. it. You'd scream. Yeah, you'd scream if something grabbed you. Um, but there's no other logical explanation as to why the contents of his pockets were on the floor. Why would he... He wouldn't just dump them out. Even if he was to run off to go take a pee or something. It's not like he'd just dump his pockets on the ground. That's like, the strangest thing. Even if someone did, like, put a gun to him and was like, empty your pockets, don't make a noise, why would his jeans or whatever it was be up on top of a barbed wire fence? It wasn't his entire jeans. It was just a piece of yeah, fabric just, from yeah, them. Yeah, but like that's what I mean. Like at the same time, why would that be up on top of a fence? Yeah, like it's usual. It's common enough for these cases for articles of clothing to be found, um, but there's very rarely actual remains found with these with these cases. There's never, well, very rarely anyway, body parts found with anything. There's boots found, like his boots were found, pieces of his clothing. But there's nothing, not even a drop of blood. That's weird. Like if it was a if it was a cat or something, like a mountain lion that had grabbed him and dragged him, his boots would have had blood on it. His clothing that was ripped would have had blood on it. There would have been blood on the path. He would have screamed and they would have heard yeah. him. Yeah. Like even if a mountain lion attacks you, it's not gonna kill you instantly without you being able to make some noise. Yeah, exactly. They're not like assassins or something. And plus, I was cause that was my original theory for these was Okay, it's mostly kids. They're disappearing and their clothes are usually found up mountains. It has to be a mountain lion. There is only 14 accounts of mountain lion attacks since, like, the very early 90s. Not even. I think it's earlier. I think it's in the early 1900s. There has only been 14 mountain lion attacks recorded in America. They yeah, don't there was attack a time. people. Yeah, there was a time where it was very common, but now they've just, like, it's become part of their nature to know to avoid people. Yeah, that's what they do. They just don't go near people anymore. It's very strange. I just, because that's initially what I thought. I was like, it has to be, it has to be mountain lions. But they don't attack people. They just don't. And there would be evidence. There's just all these kids disappearing and there's no evidence of mountain lions at all. Not even for one of them. That's just too strange. All right, so I'm going to go on to the next story now. So for this story, the family actually wished to remain anonymous for it. And it's very strange. It's totally different from the last story. This one is bizarre. So this family decided to go camping on Mount Shasta in California. And they're all chilling in the day. Uh, It's getting kind of late. And the sister was looking at her three-year-old brother around the campfire. And she was watching. She said she was looking right at him. And she looked away for a second to look at something else. And she looked back and he was gone. And she went for like a little walk to see if she could find him. Assuming that he just like wandered off or saw something and went, went towards it. But she couldn't find him. He was just gone. So she alerted her parents and then they called the authorities and a full search was launched. There are hundreds of people looking for him in this area, the campsite. So everything is being combed thoroughly. But then five hours later, they find him lying in the middle of one of the paths. And it was a path that was frequently used by people searching. So it had been searched. If you were in that area, you saw everything around it. You would have seen him. 
meaning that he definitely, like, he wasn't there earlier in the day. He was somewhere else, and then he reappeared in this area. But the family was, like, so happy that they found the boy that they didn't really question it. They didn't really care. They just found him, and they were happy. I mean, That's five fair. hours is a long time to lose somebody as well. And the longer it goes on, the more dangerous. So once five, five hours comes up, you're kind of concerned and it's getting late and you don't want him out there at night so they were just happy he came back they take him to the hospital they get him checked and he's like totally fine and then about three weeks after he went missing he's with his grandmother um he calls his grandmother cappy and while he's hanging out with his grandmother he turns to her and he says i don't like the other cappy and his grandmother's like really confused and says like what do you mean like other cappy um uh, this kid's only three and a half by the way so kids do say weird stuff like that all the time, like as we've discussed before on the podcast. So he went on to tell his grandmother a story about when he was in the woods. And he said that he was sitting by the campfire with his sister when he saw Cappy gesture to him from the woods. And he loves his grandmother, so he went towards her. And he, the other Cappy takes him to a cave up the mountain. And he describes it as having like loads of spiders and bugs in it. So he clearly remembers it, you know. It's not like... I don't know, it's, it's, it is a memory, you know? Yeah. The other Cappy starts asking him questions, but he's like three and a half years old and doesn't know the answers to the questions. So the other Cappy gets really angry with him and actually pushes him out of the cave, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um, like, get out. <laughs> get out, like, you're useless. Then he wandered down the path, uh, or down the mountain towards the path where he was eventually found. He'd already told this story to his dad, but his dad just assumed it was a kid's imagination. Like, you know, kids will say stories like that, especially if they, if something traumatic happens to them, you know? Yeah. But his grandmother told the kid's dad that a few years before this happened, she had an unexplained event happen to her up in the Mount Shasta area too. She was camping with a friend on the mountain when her and her friend spotted a pair of eyes looking at them from the darkness. So she grabbed her flashlight and aimed it in the direction of the eyes, but then the eyes would disappear and they'd never see what was actually looking at them. Then the eyes would reappear in another part of the woods. And this continued all night. They were seeing these eyes, but eventually they just figured that it was a harmless animal that was probably, you know, looking for food or was just curious um, and it didn't come out or attack them. So they just went to sleep. Cappy was sleeping in a tent and her friend was sleeping in a camper van next to the tent. So the next I'm sorry, morning... I'm sorry, but if I seen eyes in the woods and then you went to sleep in a camper van and were like, yeah, you can have the tent outside, <laughs> I would have gone mental. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. Uh, I wouldn't have slept in the tent. I definitely would have slept on the floor. Even if it's a small camper van, it has to have a floor. <laughs> yeah, just sleep in the chair in front. Yeah, or something. I've but, slept um, in a footwell. It'll be fine. We live in Ireland where there's not many wild animals, to be fair. There's, like, raccoons and tons of stuff over there. It could have been anything. And I feel like if it was I'd something that was going to attack... <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like if it was something that was going to attack, it would have attacked already, you know? Yeah, but, like, I'd be so freaked out if I kept seeing eyes in the woods looking at me. <laughs> Why? I don't know. If I pointed the flashlight and I couldn't see it, I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot more worried by something I couldn't, like directly fight against yeah i kind of understand people like this having guns <laughs> i would be feel a lot safer if i had a gun in this scenario <laughs> maybe she did have a gun that's why she's like i'm gonna stay in the tent and if anything <laughs> comes through that door just tell her friend honk the car before you get out of the camper van in the morning <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> anyway the next morning when she woke up she was face down in the dirt outside of her tent 
Um, she looked up and her friend was also face down in the dirt outside the camper van. So they had both had massive puncture wounds in the back of their necks. So they were both freaked out by this, um, obviously, but they assumed that they had both been bitten by a spider of some kind and like deliriously gotten out at night, like got out of their tent in the camper van at night for some reason. That was their explanation for it. They, they, didn't, that, they didn't question it for years until their grandson came forward with his story. I feel like though there's been like they were clearly drinking. <laughs> What's so clear about that? <laughs> well, they woke up in the dirt and they just assumed, <laughs> uh, I must have done something last night. <laughs> no, they they assumed it was a spider, which makes sense. I mean, again, we're in Ireland; we don't really have those kind of spiders. Yeah, that's true. But if it's a common thing, I just find it very strange that they both were like, "Oh, we have these massive puncture wounds in our necks, and we woke up in the dirt." Must have been a spider. I would have immediately. Would we have would been have like, woke up screaming. I would have woke up screaming, and I would have been like, "We got attacked by a fucking vampire last night." <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> to just yeah, I would have. I would have woken up, realized we were in the dirt, realized there was punch wounds in my neck, and started screaming and <laughs> running for garlic. <laughs> Found the wild garlic. Uh, I just find it so strange that that's that's the end of the story. But that's one of the stranger stories that I've heard for the missing one 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 missing four one one stories. Do you know what it reminds me of? What Coraline? Oh yeah, that's pretty. It is kind of like Car- Coraline. What do you think though? Do you think like this other Cappy was like Bigfoot or something? Well, he didn't say it was like it looked like her, did he? He did. He said it's it was his it was Cappy. The only other thing uh, that was not the same as his grandmother was he noticed the head would glow on the other Cappy and that's how he differentiated it as oh this isn't Cappy this is the other Cappy <laughs> this is nightlight Cappy yeah it's 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 like head would glow apparently which is just strange you think it was Bigfoot and Bigfoot can like disguise <laughs> what like fucking like eating hot that's one Eden of the theories Hunt in Mission Impossible he just rips off the mask and it's Bigfoot <laughs> yes <laughs> but that he is one that of the Tom theories Cruise for Bigfoot sarcastic smile <laughs> Jesus yeah, I mean that is one of the theories for Bigfoot as to why it's never been caught is because it can it can disguise itself. Yeah, there's a few different ones. Like there's ones that can turn into ghosts. There's the Thunder Brothers, they can control lightning. It seems to be children a lot though that like Bigfoot and stuff grow goes for. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that before as well. Um I don't know if it's like a maternal thing where they're like, "Oh, so a small thing in the woods, I better look after it." You know, like cuz animals do do that. There's other stories as well where kids were picked up by some kind of hairy animal, either described as a bear or a wolf by the kids' descriptions. They're usually about two years old. Two or three years old is probably the age that you're looking at. And being fed berries. They always get fed berries. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Like, (laughs) you use what you have on hand. All right, so before we go on to our next story, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a review wherever you can and follow us on Spotify. It really helps us out, and if you could follow us on Twitter as well, we're at ParanormalHL, and we update whenever we have new episodes or whenever anything's going up, so you can follow us there too. Alright, so this next story is a bit strange, and I couldn't really find a source for it, but I've heard the story before. And the origin of the story is unknown. It's either in Ireland or Scotland in origin, and it's quite old, it's in the 1800s. So the story goes that there was a young boy fishing by a river, and he had no luck with the line... So he climbed into the river and started building a dam. So he got like rocks and started building like a kind of little river dam to block the fish. 
so he could catch them. Um, while he was building the dam, he sees a man coming downwards towards him down the river. And he doesn't recognize the man, which is weird for this time period, because if you live in an area, you'd know everybody who lives within 20 miles of that area, probably more as well. You just know everybody yeah, it's, around. It's like a narrow but deep field of knowledge of where you're from. like. Yeah. And he knew everybody else that lived around the area. Uh, the man walks down to where the boy is and starts talking to him. Just like general conversation. Hi, how are you? Whatever. He says to the boy that, you know, that looks like hard work. Maybe you should take a break. My house is up through these woods, just over the hill, if you'd like to come up for some lunch. And this is in a time where free food is, like, seldom offered. So yeah. there wasn't as much reason as there is nowadays not to trust somebody. So the boy was like, you know, free lunch. I'm not having any luck catching these fish, so I'm going to go up to this man's house. And he walks him up to the part of the woods that the boy, he'd been there many times, but there was a house there. There was a house on a clearing and he'd never seen the house before, but the boy heard like the ch voices of children coming from the house and stuff and he could hear activity. And while he was walking up to the house outside, he could see one of his family friends talking to people. So he was like, oh, okay, this is normal. There's a guy I know. He like waves to the family friend and he goes on inside and starts having his lunch. And he starts talking to people and he's talking for a long time and then he falls asleep. So he sleeps in the house for the night. Uh, he wakes up the next morning and he starts to feel like pretty bad because he hasn't told his parents where he was or where he was going. So he asks the man to immediately bring him back down to where he met him at the river. Uh, the man agrees and starts walking him back down from the house. To the boy's left while he's walking, he noticed there's like an orchard, which he definitely doesn't remember. You'd remember an orchard if you were in like the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> he hadn't noticed it before or ever seen it before. And the man walked him down by the orchard and told him, just like, keep going straight. You'll find the river and that'll lead you down to where we met. So the boy like thanks the man. They go their separate ways. The boy is kind of weirded out that he'd never seen the orchard before. Like it seems like a pretty big thing not to notice. So the boy walks yeah, down. Yeah, it'd be like not knowing about a supermarket that's around the corner from your house. Yeah, it's very strange. Like just super strange. The boy walks down and he passes the end of the orchard and he immediately hears someone calling his name. He calls out to them and a search party come running up to him, including his mother and family friend that was up by the house. They all show up. The boy tells his mom that he fell asleep in the house up the hill and his mother informs him that he's been missing for three days. The boy turns to point in the direction of the house and the orchard that was behind him is gone and there's just normal forest behind him. The family friend was there as well and he said he was never at a house up the hill so he didn't know what he was talking about and that's pretty much the end of the story it's very strange but in all three of those stories those people just disappeared like they were sucked off the earth just straight just 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 disappeared and there's kind of different reasons for it there's different explanations like that last story seems kind of like an alternate dimension yeah, that reminds me of, like, the stories you'd hear from, like, mythology of people who go and dine with, like, the gods and when they come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like Tyrion and Ogan stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. That one's very similar to that. Um, but if you look at it from his mother's perspective, he just was there and then he was gone. The second story kind of seems like a, I don't know, like a shapeshifter? Like, something got him? And then brought like him back. Like a Wendigo kind of thing? Yeah, I, that one is very strange. Yeah, it is very similar to the Wendigo now that you mention it. Yeah, Just, with the, the eyes in the forest and the neck and stuff. Yeah, like most of the stories, they're, it's not really a happy ending. Usually it's they're never found or their clothes are found and they're presumed dead. This story, he actually came back and 
tells what he saw, which is just very strange. There's also a few other stories as well where kids are found and then when they're asked what happened to them, they're usually quite young, usually two to four years old, maybe younger even. But when they're asked what happened to them, it's always, they always either just start giggling and don't say anything or they're just like, like they're traumatized. They just, their memories wiped and they don't remember a thing. Yeah, I don't really fully believe in hypnotherapy, but apparently that's really good for helping people like that. Yeah, it probably is all right. Um, but hypnotherapy is, you know, it's not like magic either. You can't always mm. get the answers. And then the first one is the guy disappeared and the only trace was his, the contents of his pockets on the floor, which is just so strange that there was no noise. And like, these would be weird if they were just their own separate store like this is all that happens but there are yeah but there's so hundreds there's hundreds every year coming forward did you ever hear about the um the mountaineer guy or the spelunker sorry so i can't remember his name but he was a very experienced like he had a youtube channel and everything he was a very experienced spelunker going to like caves and stuff yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. and the m-shaped cave one yeah that one yeah 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 he just yeah, yeah he, he was like what, what what was the actual footage again did they actually have any footage of him near the cave i don't think so all i remember is like he was like i'm gonna go check out this cave i have all this here's what it looks like here's the shape of it here's how deep it goes he went into the cave and vanished there was like a cave that was shaped like an m and he heard like was it rumbling Noises coming from it yeah and he said he was gonna go into it and then he just never returned but that's another thing because I sent you a link there to a picture, but you already mentioned it. <laughs> um, one of the other theories, and the picture that I sent you there, is a map that compares the missing people in the United States versus a map of, what is it, undergrave, underground cave Largest systems? Largest cave systems, yeah. And they're almost identical in location. So the two conclusions that you can come from from this is that either people are falling into these cave systems by accident... Or something's coming out of the or cave. Or something's coming out of the cave systems, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't know an awful lot about these caves, and I haven't really looked into this solution that much. Is there not people exploring these caves? There is, but from what I understand from a lot of them, because I have looked up at, like, Spelunking in America, because there is some cool stuff down there. Yeah. But, like, the way it works is you could get to a certain point, and you just can't get back from that point, because it looks like... Do you ever see, like, a magic road... Where it looks like it's going downhill, but it actually goes up because of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could, like, travel in a certain direction in the cave, but because of the way the cave is, you kind of lose your sense of balance. And you can get into an area, and then when you turn around to go back up, it's practically a wall. So it's very hard to get out of it. Damn, that's crazy. So there are are some parts where just perspective alone gets you trapped in a cave. So they don't want to go too far. That's really creepy. I don't know why they don't just use, like, sonar or something. I feel like there's some kind of robot you can send in, right? Yeah, but what you do if you send in a robot and then, like, when you go to pull it back out, it's just busted with teeth marks in it. You just put in a camera, a live feed camera. Put it in there. Hardwired so it can't go missing. I'm just thinking of, have you ever, you've seen the movie Descent, haven't you? Yeah, I finally watched it. It was, it was cool. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but you know the creatures that are in that, the cave dwelling? It's like people who got, like, trapped into a cave system. The farmer. Yeah, and they kind of evolved to live like that. They don't have eyes anymore, and they lure things into the cave and attack them. Did you ever hear the story about that goat bat thing? But it, there was like <laughs> <What>? a crevice. <laughs> the there g- was like a crevice, and spelunkers were going to go check it out. 
Yeah. And apparently, like, they seen that people were, like, leaving goats tied up there. No, I haven't seen that. And then they started that. hearing, like, guttural noises coming out of the crevice. What? And people were like, yeah, they're someone's sacrificing the goats to these creatures. I need to look that up. That sounds insane. <laughs> I read it, like, five or six years ago, and I can't remember where. But oh, I need to damn. find it and show it to you. That sounds amazing. But um, the author of the books, Missing 401, David Politas, he doesn't really give his input as to what he thinks it is out of respect for the families and stuff he doesn't want to i don't know he doesn't want to push any theories or anything but what he kind of gets towards what he kind of suggests is some kind of bigfoot creature that's that's causing these disappearances and you can't blame him like he's a former police officer he's an investigator you can't blame him for thinking this it is just it's just so strange and there's just so many missing people but this never would have no one would be talking about this if it wasn't for him, you know? Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it is just inexperienced people thinking they can do shit that they can't and not being Us. fully prepared. Us. Well, to be fair, in Ireland, if you walk more than three miles, you're on a road. Whereas in the States, yeah. you could keep walking for ten miles and be further away from your destination, like, further away from a road, you know? No, I just mean, like, we went camping and we forgot to close the tent. <laughs> I woke up with dew in my hair. <laughs> Yeah, we did do that. So I guess, I mean, I guess it's not too far-fetched that we could wake up in dirt with bites on yeah. our necks. The only difference between us and them is that we had a bit of plastic over us. I think the grandmother must have been super freaked out, though. Imagine if your kid was like, I saw you in the woods and you lured me away. Do you think that thing, like, stole her DNA and turned into her? Or do you think it just, like, took it took it from the kid's memory and that, that part just happens to be happens to have happened to her i like the idea of the dna thing but at the same time i feel like it's clearly something kind of mystical considering he vanished while people were looking at him yeah i'm curious as well as to um what questions it was asking the kid because the kid doesn't know because he was just a kid and didn't even know what the questions were let alone answer them so he doesn't know what they was asking but i like to think that the creature was like What's your parents' bank account details? <laughs> What's your, your social security number? Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, two. <laughs> but that's all we have for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed that story. And I did. I really liked it. Uh, I hope these stories don't stop you from enjoying the woods. Maybe next time just bring like a flare gun with you or something. No, I hope it does. The less people going camping means more space for me. Cool. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.